Gorgeous George and Goes, are you ready? Junkie Nation, are you ready? Well, let's get it on. From the fight capital of the world, Las Vegas, Nevada, this is MMA Junkie Radio. We roll it! What's going on, Junkie Nation? Gorgeous George and Goes reporting for duty here on a Monday, and we're excited to talk to you for the next hour or so as we discuss the latest in mixed martial arts. So we will have an interview with Ryan Bader that we recorded a few days ago. He's got a big fight coming up against Henan Fajeda out in Saudi Arabia, Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. Uh, huge combat sports and sports scene out there. Uh, we'll also discuss, obviously, some of the latest news in mixed martial arts. Some of it's the TMZ stuff, man, the drama. And, of course, it's fight week. UFC 298 is this Saturday, February 17th. Goes and I will be hosting a watch-along here on MMA Junkie at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. And that extends, those are the four prelim fights, and that extends into the main card, which is a pay-per-view, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. You'll get a lot of reminders, not just here on this show, Thursday show, but throughout the week on our social media. All right, we'll be right back to start the show. So, girls, we kind of talked about some of this stuff with John Jones telling Submission Radio that he was asked to be on the UFC 300 card. Now, you're a panelist. You kind of had a full take. I guess this is my chance to just chime in a little bit. But I just thought, wow, for one, not only did I see that, I saw him tackling some somebody from a rugby team or something like that. And he looked like he was fine. Like It looks like he's doing well, recovering from the shoulder and elbow surgeries that he had. But he declined taking the fight at UFC 300, which is what he revealed. Uh, he would have been merging the belts, unifying, I should say, with Tom Aspinall. And look, I would have been down with that. If they could pull that off and he was ready to go, hell yeah. Then I'd be like, forget about anything I said back in November because it's only February and, you know, there's no reason to strip somebody. But at the time, it felt like nine months, which really means a year. And, you know, anyway. But do you have any final thoughts on that? I, I've kind of given mine. I would have been down with him versus Aspinall, but it's, it's just not happening. But it sounds like he might be back sooner than we thought. Yeah, I, I think uh, I saw that video too, and he looked pretty good. Uh, but I agree with everything John said, and I rarely say that. But I honestly felt like uh, he made some pretty good points. You know, he's at the end of his career, and he wants to be at his best. There's a lot on the line, and I get that. I feel like with UFC 300, we're just at the point where <laughs> they're just trying to come up with, man, whatever they can because they, they, uh, and, and rightfully so, man. Like Dana opened his big mouth, and, but rightfully so, it's a big card. And I'm sure they thought they could do some of the things they could, and it's just not panning out. And at the end, we're going to end up with still a, an amazing card. But I, I kind of question some of these fights that are, left on the table you know you take john jones out of the equation if you take conor mcgregor off the table that means challenge probably off of the table there's really not that much left and even the what's left i would i almost want to just move on and just say hey this is ufc 300 and that's that 
Mm. Yeah, because what it does is future cards are going to take a little bit of a hit. We already criticized some fight nights at the Apex. Like, why are we even tuning in? And mm -hmm. we cover the sport for crying out loud. But, like, seriously, you know how they say you got to love your work, and that's when you do your best work. And um, some of those cards are just it's not UFC caliber. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to mess things up going out going in the future like that. Um, but yeah, I could live with UFC 300, especially if they just top it off with Leon versus Bilal. I'm not trying to say that that's what what I always thought would headline UFC 300. No, I'm not trying to say that. But if it winds up that that's it, I'll just take it because the rest of the card is awesome. And don't you feel like at the end of the day, man, like don't you want each fighter to be the best representation of themselves you want like when it when you get to it when it's sean St or sorry uh israel adesanya and drinkus duplessis i want to know that the best two guys showed up that night i don't want to just have them there because a lot of money was thrown their way and they thought well i can't pass that up because what you get is you get volk right, uh, versus uh, Islam uh, too. yeah and that that wasn't fun you know and that that it's not something you don't take a KO like that lightly. Like that kind of changes you as a human being. So I don't know that it's worth it. Like it's a great card. Let's just ride. We'll ride with that, man. If you want to sprinkle something like Leon Edwards and Bilal Muhammad, those guys have had their name kind of attached to this for so long that I imagine they've been training pretty hard and I think they could put it together. That's fine. That'll work. But uh, I don't want to just throw a lot of money at an athlete and, and hope they show up. Mm-hmm. Drikas looked to me after that fight like he'd be ready to fight in June. Maybe May, but May's in Brazil, so there's no need for him there. So probably June or I guess even International Fight Week. And you know me, I love for fighters to fight three times in one year and two times the following. I know that doesn't make sense, but like let's say you fight January and then you go July and then you go like November. Well, you can't do it again because January is only two months after November. So then next year you go like April. That gives you five months from November. And then you go like September. And then you get back to January. So one year, three times, another year, two times. I love that pace. I'll even take two times a year. But yeah, when a fighter comes back a little too early with 800 fighters on a roster, and now you got Bellator and PFL merging. I'm fine. I'm fine. Just give us nice stacked cards. What I don't want is fighters not fighting for three years. Then that's dumb. Uh, I think it's a waste to them and it's a waste to us. But yeah, I would like to see Bilal and Leon added. If they're just going to leave it as is, add that. And then I'm good. The fact that Jones might come back early, I'm excited because I think him and Aspinall is going to be great. But then again, there's still that Miocic name, who, by the way, apparently declined uh, Aspinall, I guess, because he still wants Jones. So if they got to do Jones versus Miocic, then okay, I can live with it. Just get that done. And one of you retire, or both of you retire, because if you're not sticking around, then let's just let the new generation go forward. And that's led by Aspinall. What's crazy to me about Stipe declining that fight is it really shows the state of mind, in my opinion, of the fighter. Because if you're a fighter that believes you can beat John Jones, then you have to believe you can beat Tom Aspinall. And if and if you really, really believe that, why not beat them both? Right? Go in there and beat Tom Aspinall and then beat John Jones when he's ready. But to me, 
in a way he's telling you everything with that statement. He's saying, I don't know if I can do that. And I'd rather just make the big money uh, while it's on the table and fight John Jones. I think he just wants his one fight and to be out. And I don't know if he knows how much that one will fight, but the weird thing is, is he's going to fight John Jones as just a challenger. Whereas if he beats Aspinall, he would go into the Jones fight as an interim uh champion which means you'd get pay-per-view points but i'm sure he knows what the finances would be either way or maybe it doesn't matter and it's just one and done for the 42 year old who's now a full-time firefighter uh never really seemed like he was like he embraced the sport or his title as baddest man on the planet he just ho-hum did his job i respect that part of it was refreshing you know but part of it was a little irritating because here i am telling everyone we got the baddest men and the women in the sport and then you got some guy you know he's they show him mopping up a firehouse somewhere in mm-hmm. ohio just doesn't seem to jive with what you think you know you're, you're portraying to someone a superhero right anyway um how about mcgregor he may not fight to the fall and again folks if you're a fan of spinning back click then sorry we're just double dipping here but those are two big names we talked about that. That's what Dana White said during Super Bowl week. Really highly disappointing. Not just because, for one, I want to see McGregor versus Chandler. Two, I want to see McGregor fight, even if it's not Chandler. Three, I want to see Chandler fight, even if it's not McGregor. But, yeah, like, all this is so frustrating to hear. When I hear it, I'm thinking, and I've said it for a while, Chandler, just abandon ship. If you're past the cross again, fine. But for right now, these are years of your life you're never going to get back. Yeah, dude, it's getting to that point. And it's like with Conor McGregor, like this whole saga, man, I can't believe how much it's bounced around from could be here, could be there, could be nothing. I think a lot of it is uh, negotiation, but I also think a lot of it is Conor McGregor just trying to keep his name out in the news. And uh, But it's getting to the point where I'm like, I'm kind of not giving a shit anymore, really. Like as big as Conor McGregor is, uh, enough is enough, man. Like this is just dragging on way too much, and I think, I think Michael Chandler needs to make a move. I really do because even if the fight signed today, it doesn't mean it's still going to happen. There's plenty of fights that get signed and don't make it to the actual fight. I think this dude's got to move on, man. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get to our guest, Ryan Bader. He's got a fight coming up against Hennan Fajeda when they have the Bellator versus PFL fighters matchup. There's four, well, it's, it was four title fights, but I remember Magomed, Magomed Karamov is out of the Jackson fight. In comes Ray Cooper. So they may be down to three, but still, it's solid. And I like Fajeda versus Bader. I kind of was hoping for Bader versus Nganu or Nganu versus Fajeda. This was kind of like my third option of the two. But whatever, this is going down. Vader hasn't fought in about a year, so it's probably good for him. And then, of course, the winner, I think, will clearly be the the fighter that Nganu fights. Because Nganu's got his own, he's got his hands full, too. What I don't want is Nganu versus Wilder. I mean, if a lot of money is to be made, how can I hate on that? But just Nganu versus Wilder, are you kidding me? In MMA, it just makes no sense. Nganu will whoop his ass. But let's talk to Ryan Darth Vader.
What's going on, Junkie Nation? Gorgeous George and goes checking in again. Ryan Bader joins us here on the program. The accolades this man has is too long to list, but he's been a champ in multiple weight classes. He even took down tough about 15 years ago. Title defenses, different promotions, successes. Now, I guess, technically under Bellator still, but part of the PFL. How you doing, Ryan? What a career you've amassed, man. No, thank you. Yeah, I'm doing well. Yeah, just uh, kind of tail end of camp for this uh, champ versus champ fight card and uh, feeling great. And, you know, I started looking just all the skins on your wall. So many fighters that have worn gold under major promotions. You got some Hall of Famers. Um, and Hannah Fajeda, respect, man. He's a stud. This is going to be a good one. But what else do you want to accomplish before you're done, aside from this fight and, you know, going forward? I mean, for me, it doesn't really matter. Um, I have my goals and kind of long-term goals and all that. I and mean, um, you know, as a double or two division champion, won the Grand Prix, beat Fedor to win that, you know, that was a big highlight. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, I'm just a competitor. I mean, the titles, yeah, they mean something because it means that you kind of reach that pinnacle, you know, but, um, I, I don't stress about that or anything like that. Um, kind of cliche, but goal Minor goal right now is go out there and, and beat Hanon. And uh, although it's not a PFL belt or Bellator belt we're fighting for, you know, they got their own deal going on, um, their own special belt or whatnot. Um, but you can walk away from that with a win and say, you know, hey, pretty much a PFL heavyweight champ also. Um, but, yeah, for me, it's, uh, you know, 40-something fights. This is going out there and winning these big fights. This fight came around and it was something that was new and exciting, champ versus champ. And so that got me excited, got me motivated. Um, when I did those Grand Prix in Bellator, moved up a weight division, that got me excited. And so I'm, I'm kind of looking at um, kind of those kind of fights, you know, potential of a Nugano fight, you know, um, at this point in my career. 16 years ago, did you think you were going to fight till you were 40? And that, by that, I mean when you won Ultimate Fighter. Uh, no, not really. Yeah, I mean, if you asked me back then, probably not. You know, it's just one of those deals where, you know, when you're, you're 25 and you think about 40, you're like, oh, I'm going to be old man, this and that. Um, you know, I feel better now than I did when I was 25. Um, you know, we, we train smarter. Uh, you know, I have, the, I have the experience. I've been in there. I've been through everything, you know, and uh, my body feels good. I have no major injuries or really minor ones. You know, and, and uh, I think that's a testament, testament to just being smart in training and, and being consistent. You know, I'm not one of these guys that I'll fight and then I'll be gone for two months and you won't see me. You know, I think that's kind of when, you know, those injuries kind of happen and you're trying to do a crash course, you know, in your training camp, you know. And so uh, for me, it's kind of make it part of my lifestyle. I've been doing it since I was seven years old, always training, wrestling, you know, playing football, being an athlete. And then that just kind of transitioned easily into MMA. John Elway used to say after he retired that every Monday he felt like he had been in a car crash because obviously he played mostly on Sundays as a quarterback. How about you, man? What do you think when you're done? Or what do you feel like, I guess, on Sunday? Because most fighters practice Monday yeah. through Saturday. You don't fight every week, but you do train pretty much every day. But, you know, you mentioned you've been wrestling since seven, man. What? Do you wake up with a lot of aches and pains? Are you and are you an ice bath guy too? I'm going to ask as well. Um, yeah, so for I don't know, I feel pretty fortunate, you know. Yeah, like in this last couple of weeks because this is kind of the 
time in camp where everything catches up, all the work you've been putting in. Um, just had two really hard weeks and then finished this hard week out. Y'all start to taper down now. Um, so yeah, like this last week, I was feeling a little bit, but nothing that's not manageable, you know? And, uh, um, yeah, I have, I have my things a couple years ago, my shoulders were hurting kind of, kind of real bad. I was having a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of training camps back to back to back, you know, but those kind of, um, healed up. I'm feeling great. And, and, um, yeah, I, when you, when you're putting in work in a training camp, at a certain point, you're going to be sore and tired. You know, but we've got this down. We've done it 40 something times where I know I'm going to feel good fight time and take a little time off. You know, it's one of those deals, too, where like after a fight, I usually get right back in, but I do a little lighter and, uh, you know, not, you know, really training hard for two weeks. I'm like, oh, this is how my body's supposed to feel. You know, I have energy. I, you know, I feel good. Um, but man, I feel great. You know, it, it's just a number. You know, I'm 40 years old, but like I said, I feel just as good as I did when I was a kid. Are you a nice bath guy at all, or how do you recover? Oh, oh yeah. Uh, yeah, probably the only thing, uh, the only recovery deal I really do is uh, an ice bath, you know, and I'll do some kind of Epsom salt baths here and there, but I, I ended up getting one at my house a couple of years ago. I got it, you know, to your point, I was feeling kind of a little sore, tired a little bit, so even though we're in Arizona, it's still it's chilly here, it's 40-something, it's raining, you know, pain in the ass to get in, but I got in feeling good. Um, but that's really all I need recovery wise. I'll, I'll do that. I, I eat healthy. Um, I try to eat healthy outside of camp too. Um, and I just feel like that, that has like helped in my longevity and then definitely being smarter in training, you know, coming from a wrestling background and just grind, 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 you're tired, do some more. Um, and we did that early in my career, a lot of sparring and all that. Where now, like you won't, you won't catch me sparring at all unless it's in training camp, you know, and we still are pretty, are, uh, you know, pretty, uh, safe about that too it's really just making it to the fight because i know with my experience and everything i have get to the fight feeling great i can perform brian when we look at your career like george said you know it seems like you've been able to make the best out of every situation you've ever been in and we see so many accolades so many things that you've done right i guess looking back on it are there any any moments that you look on and you regret or wish you would have done something else that would have taken you in a different direction because this is a career that I think a lot of people aspire to have. Um, yeah, I mean, there's always regrets here and there. There's regrets on losses. I, I remember, you know, the one loss to Anthony Johnson. Um, you know, we had a game plan and I threw that out the window. And I just, you know, it just wasn't a good, good fight. It wasn't a good headspace right there. And I told myself after that, you know, um, I put a lot of pressure on myself. I was, I was like, all right, let's just break it down. Let's just have fun and enjoy the process. You're not gonna be doing this forever. Enjoy each fight. Don't make it bigger than what it is, you know, cause that's a lot of, a problem with a lot of guys is, is handling their anxiety in fights, you know, and more, more so pre-fight, you know? So I got to the point where it's not like I didn't care, but I'm like, hey, we're gonna go out there and do it. Um, I've trained the best of my ability, whatever happens in that cage happens and I'm gonna have fun doing it. And, and uh, after that, my mindset really changed and, and you know, went on a, went on a huge run, you know, and had my losses in there and, and whatever, but, you know, just being consistent and yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those deals where I don't look in the past too often, you know? Um, and, and I feel like with this fight coming up too, it's just looking at my resume, who I've fought, what I've been through, five round fights, title fights, all that. It isn't there for him. 
You know, Ryan, you came, if MMA were like a book, right? It's got many chapters and you probably have a chapter with a bunch of other people where you came in a group of wrestlers. Yeah. And what I've, I feel like you guys did was you not only changed the landscape of mixed martial arts, but you changed the landscape of wrestling in college. I think uh, the conversation amongst those wrestlers gave them another avenue after they were done wrestling where they could say, I have something else I can go do. And it kind of all became one giant process. You did that for a lot of people. Have you ever looked back and reflect that not just yourself, but a lot of these other wrestlers, what you guys did for collegiate wrestling and giving them uh, life after wrestling? Yeah, thanks. You know, we had a, we had a, some some wrestlers beforehand. You know, I remember I was watching, uh, you know, my uh, my ASU coach and fellow UFC guy, you know, Aaron Simpson. He was good friends with Josh Koscheck. And so when I was wrestling in college, we were watching him on Ultimate Fighter and, and kind of thinking, hey, man, this might be a route we can take. You know, um, I didn't have aspirations to try for the world team or try to um, go to the Olympic route. You know, I've been wrestling my whole life. I was, I was burnt out, done with wrestling. You know, and then I had guys like Cain Velasquez on my team, Stevie Dalloway, you know, and various other guys that made the UFC. And, and I just felt like we were at the, the right place at the right time. You know, um, you guys had like Dan Severin and all that kind of came before, but MMA wasn't the MMA it is today. You know, the money wasn't there. The opportunities weren't there. So, you know, when we had the opportunity to say, hey, I'm not done competing. I don't want to wrestle anymore. I don't want to go the Olympic route. There's this other avenue, mixed martial arts, you know, and Kane was all about it right away. I was on the fence. and I was like, I'm kind of burnt out. Four years of wrestling, five years, you know, retro year in college. You know, maybe I don't want to go work out with somebody telling me what to do. Uh, I miss that competing competitiveness right away. Two months in, I was like, all right, I'm going to go, go uh, train a little bit and kind of all went from there. And uh, yeah, now, nowadays, you know, good college wrestlers have the avenue to go, Hey, I can go make some money, you know, in mixed martial arts and go to for, you know, professional wrestling, you know, I can do these different things and, you know, especially those top tier wrestlers and they can make a, a great, great living. And I only think it's going to get better, uh, you know, as the years go on. I want to talk a little bit about your opponent. You know, this is a guy that uh, I think a lot of people don't give as much credit as he deserves. It's a very tough fight, but he's a kind of a quiet dude, you know, and sometimes we've heard fighters say, look, when a guy talks a little trash or something, it kind of gets me even more fired up. At the end of the day, what is it that kind of gets you fired up? And sometimes we'll see you do that scream. Where does all that come from? And what, what kind of motivates you here at this point? Yeah, I mean, the, the shit talking, all that kind of stuff doesn't really motivate me. I, I'm just motivated being competitive, you know. Um, I'm not in the sport to, you know, like I like to hurt people. You know, I, I want to fight. I want to do this. I like to compete. It, it, it's a game to me. It's a competition, you know. And uh, um, they usually do like that, you know, a little screen when I get out there. It's kind of, you know, I do that in preparation like the last couple of weeks when we're about to spar. It just gets me going. It gets me in the mindset like, all right, you know, here it is. It's finally here. Training's done. The real deal is going on right now, and we're ready. You know, and so it's just competition. I want to win everything. I want, you know, I'm competitive in in all aspects of life. You know, and uh, just having to be good at fighting. You know, through wrestling and all that, and the work I put in, and it's just a, an avenue for me to compete, really. And uh, what motivates me is just winning everything that's in front of me. You know, um, yes, I do have longer goals and 
you know, um, that used to be like, you know, winning a title and then it's holding on to a title. And now it's just winning every single fight in front of me. And now we get a cool new experience with the champ versus champ kind of deal, you know, and that motivates me a lot because I loved when in, in Bellator came over, I was looking for something new and then Bellator was new. And then the Grand Prix were new going up to heavyweight and, and uh, trying out a new weight class. I have fun with those certain types of things that motivates me and kind of reinvigorates me a lot. And it's the same with this champ versus champ deal. You know, you can't get to this level where you're at without being focused. And I know you're focused on your opponent, but you probably get asked a lot about Francis Ngannou and the presence that he has right now in our sport. Um, can you share with us, like, is there even kind of a small percentage of you that's already sat down and said, this is how I would tackle this type of matchup and how you feel about it? Oh, uh, yeah, for sure. You know, um, you know, perfect world for me. I go out there and beat Hainan. And then, uh, you know, he Nagano does his thing with uh, Joshua. And then, uh, you know, he comes back to the sport of MMA, you know, and I don't see who else he would fight besides me, you know. So, yeah, it's definitely, you know, ran through ran through my head for sure. You know, uh, you know, I think it's no secret of what a game plan would be. You know, you're trying to go out there, trying to, you know, get him down on the ground, tire him out a little bit, take some snap off his punches and, and uh, kind of go that route. Um, but yeah, you're, you're always looking forward to, to what could potentially be next, you know, but you got to do that thing in front of you too. What about, uh, Linton Vassell? I know you beat him once. It was in a different weight class, yeah. but I felt like he earned his, uh, next title shot. Like he went out there and did some work much like you did when you went up. Um, I really was looking forward to that one. Of course, I'd love to see you fight in Ganu as yeah. well. Is, is Linton on? Um, your radar, or will there be maybe another name after Nganu, or what? What are you thinking? I guess in, in regards to that one. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that was one of the deals where you know we were scheduled to fight, he ended up pulling out like kind of the week of, so I had a full camp and all that. I was prepared. It was one of those times too when it, uncertainty was happening. You know, with Bellator, what's going to happen? PFL was coming in. It was kind of rumors. We didn't know either. Um, and then when I did not, you know, when that fight was officially off. I was like, man, when am I going to fight again? I'm going to fight in May this next year. You know, um, there's going to be a year, you know, where, while they process everything that's going on with the merger. Um, so when this February thing came about, you know, I was pretty excited. But yeah, he's definitely, I definitely want to, uh, you know, get that fight. You know, and if it's, uh, if Nagano's boxing and, and if he's not coming back right away, I think that logically would be. The next fight to make at heavyweight it was it was already scheduled didn't happen you know he's been on a tear at heavyweight i think he won his last five fights at heavyweight um and i like that fight too because you know it, that that type of fight is one that you know like our first fight right away you know just crazy fight we're going at it um high high intensity you know and uh um he's end up making a mistake you know and so uh, that's the kind of fight that's that's a fun fight for me can a fighter of uh, your caliber make a decent living when you don't fight? Like, what's a sponsorship game like now? Back in after Tough, when you did your run, it had really blown up. It was kind of booming around that time. Yeah. And then, of course, a lot of these uh, apparel makers kind of took over, and even PFL announced yeah. something recently. But you haven't fought in a year. You did put in that camp. Camps cost money. But what's it like nowadays? Can can a fighter make a decent living with 
sponsorship or whatever yeah. support from you know your people even if you're not fighting is is that a healthy landscape nowadays i mean yeah i mean i get paid very well from uh bellator where i mean i don't have to fight you know i can fight once a year and be you know make way more than enough you know but sponsorships i mean back in the day like you were talking about you know tap out sponsorships they pay you five to ten grand monthly and all you know you had a different ones you know and, and uh it, it kind of definitely dried up you know i do have some monthly monthly uh sponsor sponsors that i have currently you know but i, I try to kind of diversify stuff and uh i mean different different kind of business businesses you know battle bars that we have a, a tequila company we're invested in that is doing it's one of the top tequilas in the world right now um you know i have a, a bar here in scottsdale so i don't like to just stay in my lane of mma kind of like to get out and do different stuff because you know mma is one of those sports where you could be done after every single fight you know and so um, but sponsorship wise there's some around and we've had good sponsors you know they're huge companies with billion dollar companies and so even though they're not really getting a roi on their money um we've been with them for 15 years now they support us we support them um, but in general you know that whole avenue of making money has really really dried up man that sucks because back in the day i think a sponsor could get behind a fighter because the fighter was a well-known product and then all of a sudden the sport grew so much that it became either about the promotion or just that weekend's card like no one focuses on fighters and having a favorite fighter and then cheering for that fighter and backing them through yeah you know what i'm saying 100 percent. you know and and you know on these companies and also you you're looking at it and you're like, okay, I'm spending this much. What am I getting in return? You know? And, yeah. you know, nowadays it's all over the place. You, you know, influencers, all that kind of stuff. And unless you're kind of like a Kim Kardashian, are you really moving the needle also, you know? And mm -hmm. so that's where I think kind of like a lot of these, these companies, especially like apparel brands and all that kind of stuff, they come in and, and they want to see it right away. And, and they're not, but they are getting the brand out there. They're getting brand awareness and all that kind of stuff. And so I see it from both sides. Obviously, as fighters, you know, want the most money coming in as we can, you know, and, and that's why we try to align ourselves with, I mean, it's oddball sponsors, you know, like the ethanol business and, and uh, you know, Sanford Health and all that kind of stuff. And, and they're huge, huge companies. And we just built this relationship with them where they're like, you know, we might not be getting anything in return. We like you guys. Here's some money. Got it. Um, let's finish with the tequila. Uh, are you? Did you say you're an ambassador or actually an uh, investor? investor in yeah, we invested in it. You know, early. We were the first investors, really. It's uh, Costa Comos. You know, kind of high-end premium tequila, and yeah, they're doing really well. I think they last year they did 35 million as a you know mm. their fourth year. You know, so it's actually it's really good tequila, and um, you know I've, I've had other you know investments that have been duds and whatnot but you know you just got to find the one say the name again what is it uh comos k-o-m-o-s yeah okay comos i'll have to remember that yeah try some yeah that's good that's great stuff that you're involved in that man very cool ryan so listen what you know you heard the whole thing but seriously man you're a legend of the sport hope you have a great camp whatever's left travel to riyadh saudi arabia it sounds like that place is blowing up when it comes to sports yeah. in general especially combat sports and then this merger, you know, it just kind of reminds us of 
WC and UFC, Pride UFC, and all the other stuff we've heard in the past. I I think this is going to be really really good. It's going to be some quality matchups for all you guys, and yeah. I hope you get that Ngannou fight too, man. Me too. awaits awaits whoever fights Ngannou. Yeah, and I still consider him the baddest man on the planet. I mean, yeah. I, uh, you know, I don't know about you or whatever, but uh, I, here's one thing I did want to ask you. How, you know, we we talked about Linton. How do you mm-hmm. think you and Jones would go now? Yeah, I think it would definitely be a different fight. You know, uh, Jones has proven himself over and over again. You know, he's, I feel like he's the best fighter in the world. But you know, my mentality from now, from when I, you know what it was back then, basically, you know, a kid new to the sport, you know, um, um, definitely be a different fight for sure. You know, uh, who knows the outcome, but you know, that would be a fun one. I got to run a few back, uh, in various rematches, you know, um, undefeated rematches. And, and that would be one of the, the fights that you can go in and, and kind of see how far you've grown, you know, from whatever that fight happened, 2011 or something to 2024, you know, mm-hmm. that'd be something very, very cool. Both at heavyweight, except, man, in the last 10 years, you've really got that one-hitter-quitter type power. Jones, awesome resume. I don't want to disparage him at all, but if he lacks one thing, is it's the one-hitter-quitter. I mean, he's got an arsenal. Yeah. You take your lights out with, you know, a shin to the head or whatever. But in heavyweight, when you can crack, you know, like like I say, you really develop that those hands. I, I think this would be a different fight, and I'm not picking a winner, but I, I, I hope I see it one day before you guys retire. Yeah, me too. That would be a fun one, you know. Uh, yeah, who knows how it all works out, you know. Um, you know, that's what's kind of cool about this one. We have coming up, it's promotion versus promotion, you know, and that's what the fans kind of really want to see. They, you know, they always talk about how would this guy do if he went over to UFC or UFC fought a Bellator champ, this and that, you know. So they're fun fights, and, you know, I wish we could – could do that, you know, kind of like, you know, once every couple of years, we're like, all right, everybody put up their best guy. Let's see what happens, yeah. you know, and and, um, and we are doing that, you know, with PFL and, and Bellator. Um, but I wish that happened more often. Man, don't kill me, but I got one more. You're good. When you were with Chandler and you did tough, did you ever have any time with Dana or whether on that show at any other time, did he ever tell you, man, we fucked up letting you go just because of everything you've done, man? You you know, like I say, all those titles at Bellator and the defenses and Grand Prix. You ever get that from him or anyone high up in that organization? Yeah, yeah. You know, I heard a few times. And, uh, yeah, Dana, Dana's super cool on that. You know, uh, I was very welcomed, you know, right when we came in. And then after one of the fights, you know, one of the, uh, his assistants came down while we were at the Apex. And he was like, hey, Dana wants to talk to you in his office. And so we went and kind of just chatted about just everything for about 30 minutes and had a really good, good conversation and, um, you know, kind of just about everything really congratulated me on my success and, you know, and, and talked about old times and all, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, for sure. You know, when, uh, you know, when that happened with the UFC, I had, I have one fight left on my career or uh, my contract, you know, and they like to get you um, signed before that. Um, you know, and we kind of signed that deal and then, uh, kind of knew we were going to go elsewhere. So we signed that deal kind of uh, as a short notice fight with, uh, who was it? No, no Guerra. So we signed that contract and we're like, all right, we got to do his new contract. And we're like, actually, we're finding it out. We're going to, we're going to leave, you know, and they did not, they didn't match it after that. So that's how that kind of went down. Hmm. Well, it's all worked out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you for the time. As always, uh, safe travels to Riyadh. 
Hope you guys have a, a great main event there of that card on the 24th, folks. It's a pay-per-view, but it's stacked. Four title fights, lots of notable names, lots of great matchups. Uh, thanks, Vader, for the time. Yeah, appreciate it, guys. Talk See to you soon. Right, later. Well, we got a little bit of a forecast there. Uh, you know, we're talking a little bit about Nganu, but he says he thinks him and Jones would even go different. And guess what, goes? I kind of do too, man. Vader, he really got a lot better as he progressed in his career after he got smoked by Jones the first time. Jones still hasn't shown me because it was so quick, the gun fight, but he really has never shown me that one hitter quitter power. And we know that Vader developed it. Um, now that said, you still got to deal with Jones's huge length advantage, his amazing yeah. kickboxing arsenal, and he's got some wrestling of his own, but I do think the fight would go different. I probably would still pick Jones because how do you go against the guy that's never lost, but it still piques my interest. I think, uh, yeah, well said. Like it's it's very hard to pick against John Jones, no matter who you're putting in front of him. But I think it comes down to the distance. You know, Ryan can throw really hard, but he likes to throw them big, short hooks. And, and uh, I just don't know if he'll be able to get to Jones to do that. But it, at least it's like at least you have question marks in there. You know, at least there there are uh, things that Ryan can possibly do in that fight. It would be interesting, but. Uh, the career that this dude has been able to pull off has just been pretty damn amazing. I'm sure he's cashed some pretty big checks, so you got to give that guy props. You know, some of it was in the UFC, but not all of it. And how about at the end, him sharing the fact that he was kind of gone on his own anyway, even though, you mm -hmm. know, the UFC had kind of wanted to talk about a, a, another fight contract. It was him that was already hearing that there was greener pastures at Bellator. So that, that probably doesn't, way heavy on him whereas if you get parted ways with by them you know you're the one that did the parting of the ways and i know that look he's over at pfl the other guys at ufc but stuff goes down nowadays a little bit more than before you just never know if vader might ever work his way back to the ufc or what might happen mm -hmm. um it's not the first person i would line jones up with but I don't know. It's interesting. He addressed it. I thank him for it. Thank you for your time, Ryan Bader. Uh, Goes and I, again, will be hosting a watch-along on Saturday. It starts off like this, folks. We have a preview show with Fada Hanun. She does her thing at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. So this is before the first prelim even goes. And then as she's closing up, that's when the first prelim usually goes. And those are called the early prelims. And then when the featured prelims start at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, that's when Goes and I start our watch long. Basically, you tune in, you go to MMA Junkie, and you'll see us there. You'll see the uh, title of the, the watch long. You click there, and you'll kind of hear us watching the fight. So we're basically watching them along with you. And then you, when you get to the main card, a lot of people, you know, they drop off. Usually the featured prelims are on a major network. In fact, I'll check here as we talk to see where this week's are. But uh, as that's happening, a lot of people just aren't going to pony up the 80 bucks. I'm in Peru. Over here, it doesn't cost 80 bucks. So most people see the whole card, no problema. Ex except, uh, I believe there's four countries. I think it's USA, Australia, New Zealand, and the UK where you have to pay additional. And if you don't want to do it, Goes and I are going to power through and we're going to continue talking about UFC 299. So we can basically tell you what's happening in real time. All right. So the I don't have the info for the major network that will carry the featured prelims. 
I thought we might have it because if you hit the schedule tab on MMA Junkie, we usually have that info, but I don't see it. So I'll go to the UFC.com website and see if they say anything about it. But let's roll on. Goes with another topic from Spinning Back Click. Uh, what did you think of Henry Cejudo firing his coach on the countdown show? I didn't like it. Look, there are plenty of ways we can look at this. We could say they talked beforehand and they said, hey, this is what we're going to do. And then there's what I think happened, and that's all of that was genuine. I think if you look at at Eric's face, that just looks like the face of somebody that's like, what, is this a joke or what's going on here? And then when the camera stopped rolling, Henry probably said, hey, would you mind if we use this or, or not? Henry's a smart guy. And I think he probably felt, if I tell him beforehand, I'm not going to get an honest reaction out of him. So he probably probably told him, look, I wanted to get an honest reaction out of you. And this is, uh, but if you don't want this to air, that's fine. And I would think Henry Cejudo would do something like that. But I don't think that that makes it right. I think that whole situation is just wrong. I think it's, I think it's kind of disrespectful. Like even, even if Eric says, yeah, man, no problem. Uh, you know, that that's fine. You can air that. We've always been real champ. Like, I think you have to have some kind of respect for your, your coach, your friend. I agree. And uh, e- even even if he made that decision in the moment, I think uh, people change their mind. You know, when you get home and you talk about what happened today and you process it all, you have different reactions. And maybe later in the day or maybe two days from now, you go, oh, fuck, I don't want people to see that. Um, I-, I just thought it was a really wrong move. And I hope at the end of the day, I almost hope it was a joke because uh, – those are just the type of things that live for the rest of your life. Like, I don't know. Have you ever been fired? Like, can you imagine if all of a sudden people could just pull that up? You getting fired, one of your worst memories of all time. Like, why would you want that? Yeah, exactly. I, uh, even if you thought, oh, this would be good for ratings, it'd be funny or whatever. I think once cooler heads prevailed, and obviously this wasn't live, so there was plenty of time for cooler heads to prevail. You just go, you know what, man? In the end, what we've built is too big and too deep for this one moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's unfortunate. But, uh, and I really hope, like you can't even really say it's like for clicks because it's not on his, Henry Cejudo's channel. You know, it's 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 uh, a UFC product. So it's like- It's another thing. I just don't really get why, why he did it. Yeah. We always talk about the stuff going on in our lives and- well, the Super Bowl was we're football fans. Any way you slice the pie, goes and I usually keep up with high school, college, pro, everything. This weekend was the Super Bowl. Kind of broke my heart that it was obviously in Las Vegas and my team was in it and I was on the other side of the world. Um, now, that said, I'm happy to be by my mom's side. I really enjoyed watching it over here. I'll probably never watch the Super Bowl here again. So I just made the best of it, right? Uh, And in the end, look, I don't know if I would have gone to the game or not because you're probably looking at at least five grand to get in. But I think the festivities all during fight week were fun. So I wanted to ask you, what did you hear about it? Because you weren't in Las Vegas either. But did you hear anything about the town and what it was like or from Laura or Juliet, maybe? I had a couple of friends who um, had people they knew that went out for it, knowing they weren't going to get into the game, but just to kind of experience. And they said it was it was a madhouse. The traffic was insane, uh, and the hotels were packed with fans from from both sides. But mostly, 
more on the 49er side. Do you remember Christy, a girl that lived across from the park from us, and I went to school with her just about every school. Her brother went, and uh, he's a big 49er fan, and he said it was it was nuts, but um, he said walking out, walking out, you know, as a, a loser, he said that just really hurts even more when you're in that environment, you know? Mm-hmm. I thought it was a I, – I saw a lot of people kind of shitting on the game. I thought it was really entertaining. I don't have a dog in, in this game uh, or a horse or whatever they say, but I thought it was entertaining because there wasn't really a moment in the game where you could say, yep, those guys got it. They're going to run away with it. Like it felt like both teams were in it the entire game. And and then to go into OT, it was pretty uh, pretty intense. I thought it was an intense game. It was a, it was a, it was a good Super Bowl. Yeah. Look, if I just take off my proverbial Niners hat, it, it, it got compelling at the end. I thought it was poorly played by both sides. There was a lot of three and outs. So, you know, maybe we give credit to the D. But I saw a lot of plays that just weren't being made. So that part was a little frustrating because, you know, okay, we got a 10 nothing lead, but that's Patrick Mahomes on the other side, two-time Super Bowl champion. Can this uh, hold up? You know, at some point he's going to play well, and it's usually going to be at the end, and that's the scary part. And we got our young guy who had a great season, but he's never won a Super Bowl. He's won playoff games, but never won a Super Bowl. So, Plus, I'm still haunted. We won the first five we ever played in, and many of them weren't even close. And then these last three, we've had leads in most of them or a chance to win at the end, and we haven't, dude. That fucking hurts so bad because, well, the last one was 2019. The the one before that was 2012. So three in the past 11 years, that's pretty good because you want to get away. You want to walk away with one of them. And uh, now they've won five, lost three. So a little painful roller coaster of a day. Because Manchester United didn't win till late, but now they kind of seem to be balling a little bit better. So that's always fun. That always sets the tone for my day. Those guys, because they play eight hours ahead, sometimes it's a 4 a.m., 6 a.m., 8 a.m. match, whatever it is. You know, I carry that throughout the day, especially if I'm pissed that they lost. And so, yeah, it was, we had those two events. And then Goes and I, did a little tribute show with a lot of our family all over the world where they all kind of, I know they call it zoomed in. We use StreamYard. We're proud of the fact that we use StreamYard, but it's a term out there. So we kind of had a video conference and it was cool. It lasted about an hour and a half, maybe two hours total between pre-show or whatever you call it, pre and post-show. And it was really, really cool. A lot of people had a lot, of, a lot of nice things to say about this uncle that passed away that some of you might have heard about, whether you follow us on social media or not. Or maybe we brought it up on the show. He lived to 95 and a half. He was a real, real father figure, not just to us, which would we don't want it to sound disrespectful to our dad. I think even our dad would agree. Like He was a father figure to our family. So we had that sandwich in between. goes by the time I went to bed, which for me was, remember, I'm on Eastern time. So the game ended for me around, I want to say 11, dude, after overtime and everything. I had a slight headache, and I was exhausted physically, emotionally, mentally. And I know that kind of sounds like a 19-year-old chick in college saying that to her dad. Oh, God, you know, she's used to sleeping 12 hours a day or whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm so done. My mind is fried. But, dude, that was me. What a day. You know, we had great in the morning. 
sad in the afternoon and then depressing at night. But uh, what a day, though, huh? I mean, it was roller coaster. I guess I'm a 19 year old chick because I, I literally told dad that exact thing. I uh, I woke up early to get that everything done for this video, and the game was a roller coaster. So you had a high there, and then afterwards I'm putting together this thing. And when it goes off, it was like, it's intense because it's somebody that's such a big part of your life and they're gone, but you're hearing their voice like they're still there. And like, I was shaking almost the entire day. And um, then the afterwards, I'm, I'm out here in California trying to keep our dad like company and get his life back into order. And he has this weird way of... Uh, he doesn't really like to ask for things so when he does you could tell it probably means a lot and he just asks like can you make jambalaya and i was like yeah i can make it so you know right after that was done i went straight to trying to make that to have it done in time for the game and watching it? it's actually pretty good yeah did you like it yeah him and monty scarfed it down Very um, cool. but then, uh, the game you know I wasn't really – I don't root for either team, but I kind of wanted the 49ers to win. And I told Dad at halftime, I go, look, everything on their side is going wrong. And you guys have injuries. And if I would have told you you could keep them at three points, you'd probably be ecstatic, right? And But the fact that you're only up by seven is kind of scary, despite mm -hmm. all of the things that have gone wrong for the other team. And I honestly, in my heart, thought when the next, when the third quarter starts, they're going to catch momentum and then they're just going to beat you guys down. But uh, I know you don't want to hear this, and probably Simon Simone doesn't want to hear this, but I thought you guys played with a lot of guts, man. You had a, everything that could possibly go wrong just kept happening. Things that don't normally happen, the, the punt, the injuries, you know, having a guy run on the field. He wasn't even part of the, the play. He was running onto the field and he tears his Achilles. You're tight end. Um, you have a, a young quarterback. Uh, your kicker, who was just had been atrocious, was actually hitting shit with the exception of the, the extra point. Like, you had a lot of things go wrong, but then you had a lot of good things that I think kept you in the game. And when you guys answered with that touchdown, I was like mm – -hmm. These fucking guys came to play, dude. And that's true. They did have some moments where I was proud of them and all that, but I thought for a losing team in a Super Bowl, I can't remember a team that's lost a Super Bowl that had more guts than than you guys did on Sunday. It just didn't work out, you know, and it's it's unfortunate uh, because I always felt like I feel like you guys are the better team, and they have the better players. And I, I thought it was a great game, man. I really thought it was good. You know who dropped the ball, though? I'll tell you right now. Mm -hmm. Travis Kelsey dropped the ball. How do you not propose? Astro Drew Mary. Yeah. I, I just got my ring. I think it's only fair you got you get yours. In front of the world after just winning a Super Bowl, now you're going to sign a new contract, a, a $1 billion contract, and attach yourself to Taylor Swift for life. Right off into that sunset, bro. I would have totally done that. Yeah. And if anything, that locks you in with Taylor. <laughs> right, for a billion dollars. Isn't she like over a billion now? Something like that. Oh, yeah. 
when you were bringing it up during spinning back, like I was like, I was hoping we could get through 60 minutes without. I guess I started off by saying, if you can hit that like button, you'll make this jolly old fella happy. But anyway, oh, yeah, uh, now I'm a grown man. You just take the losses for what they are. I always tell people, give me shit for 24 hours. If you're an asshole, 48. If you're the C word, 72. But then after that, leave me alone for a while. Uh, but I'm here to take it. I got to pay off a few bets and um, take the ribbing and whatever. And then after that, yeah, of course, I'm proud of the campaign. It's great to be in the Super Bowl. I feel even worse for Simon because he got in there and I'm sure it cost him some money. And that's two he's been to where they've lost, man. Like I, I want, I almost want them to win it for him because he goes to a lot of games and he's seen some epic games, you know, like he was in green Bay a few years ago where it was minus 10 and he said he couldn't feel his feet. And that, that was the second Super Bowl. That was the second one. Cause he went the last time when they played KC, I think it was in, um, Miami, and he went to that one. I'm positive because he told me. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I mean, if there's any like positive that you could take out of it, almost say like, let's just say they did win. I think uh, you'd still have the memory of wanting to go back and probably with your son, you know, when he's old enough. So yeah. put all the eggs in that basket and, and go back one more time with your son, and hopefully you get a a win. But uh, yeah, I'm sure that was a brutal day for you guys, but. It was a really good, really, really good game. Mm-hmm. And we had fights on the the day before, you know. Like it was a it was a a sports fan's dream, I think, for the weekend. And power slap, if you're into that. I actually caught a little bit of it, George. I hate power slap, and you'll never change my mind more than likely. But I did watch just a little bit just to see what the hell was going on, and right away, man, like the first fight I saw. Uh, there were two times where two combatants lost the coin flip, got knocked the fuck out just to wake up and tell them, you're actually the winner because the other person <laughs> And it's like they had like they literally like you guys can't see me, but George can. But they literally had this face, George. They they were so confused and their arms getting raised and they're just like those. Yeah. Just yeah, I saw so some of ridiculous. that. Ridiculous. Remember the reality show? So and so won, but because he cheated, mm-hmm. um, he is uh, the loser, and so and so is the winner. But because they're the ones that got knocked out and can't continue, the doctor said they can't continue. The cheater who lost goes on. Like, oh my god! Look, I, this is what I've always said: if you send that to me via DM on the gram or whatever, of course I'll watch it. I'll go like, oh shit, so and so got knocked off. I'll turn into Smokey. But do I want to go to an event and sit there? Some people says it's kind of a slow pace. And do I get something out of it? Not really. Like, you'll see with some training, so-and-so is going to get their revenge. No, I'm not walking out. I'm not a fan. Like, that part, I just think, whatever. You you don't even have to tell me their names. I might just call someone redhead or whatever. But I, I in that regard, like, I just could care less. Will I watch it? Of course. Would I pay for it? No. Would I probably go to one? Yeah. And if they paid me to cover it, I'd cover it and try and do the best job I could. But I, I don't see any talent on it. I think of it as the, the, what's it called? The shuffleboard in the Olympics? Is it called shuffleboard? No. Curling? Yeah, curling. Yeah, curl. There you go. I think of it as that. Like, it's nothing, you know? Like, 
Who's the star of curling? Is it the person that's actually like pushing the thing, or is it the guy that comes out with the mop, with the broom or whatever? The two people, because they seem like they're doing all the work. They got to skate. I think it's the person person pushing it. I think it's them. I think the other ones can kind of fix it, but I I think it's them. But I really don't know. Yeah. Yeah. All right, folks. Don't forget on Saturday about our watch along. You'll hear about it throughout the week. If you follow me, I'm on. MMA Junkie George, that works for what? Threads, Instagram, and Twitter. Goes is at the goes. Are you on Threads? I don't even know what Threads is. Threads is part of Instagram, so if you are on Threads, it's the same as your Instagram, um, which means, I I don't know, I I guess if you don't even know what it is, you more than likely didn't open it, but it's kind of supposed to be an alternative to Twitter. Anyway, goes is at the goes on Twitter and on instagram and if he has the threads then maybe he'll figure it out one day it's it's kind of cool goes it kind of came off pretty good like it was mark zuckerberg's answer to twitter a little bit and then it kind of died off but every once in a while i still go in there and there's some cool stuff that's shared and it, it it's basically like twitter and i enjoy it and by the way i forgot let's give some shout outs to jack hermanson who defeated joe pfeiffer dan Ige, who defeated andre feely holy cow what a knockout and what a comeback for Hermanson. Eeyore Patea defeated Robert Vrizek. Uh Gregory Rodriguez took out our pal, Brad Tavares. Uh, Michael Johnson defeated Darius Flowers. Rodolfo, well, I guess it'd be Rodolfo Vieta defeated Armin Petrosian. Carlos Pratis defeated Trevon Giles. Bolaji Okai defeated Timmy Kuamba. Loma Lukman B defeated Bruno Brazil. Marcin Pacino defeated Devin Clark. Max Griffin defeated Jeremiah Wells. Bogdan Guskov defeated Zach Puaga. Haider Emil defeated Fernie Garcia. And Peruvian Daniel Marcos and Arielink, they ended in a no contest early on. The bonuses went to Ige, Adolfo Rivera, uh, Trevin Giles, and Bogdan, sorry, Carlo Pratis and Bogdan Guskov. They each got performance of the night because there wasn't a fight of the night. Any thoughts there, guys? That ear was something else, dude. That was so nasty. There were a couple fighters there that kind of breathed some new life into their careers. Danny Gay being one with that devastating knockout. Mm-hmm. Uh, that second punch, man. Holy shit. That one was pretty brutal. And then uh, you know, Brad Tavares had the opportunity to probably breathe some life into his and he had his moments in the fight, but it didn't work out for him. And then, you know, Michael Johnson, another guy that's kind of feels like always possibly on the way out. Uh, good performance for him, too. And then the main event, I thought, was uh, it was interesting. It, it was a it was fun. But as we alluded to on spinning back click, it's just not all these cards are created equal. And sometimes you just you just don't feel like you want to commit that much time of your day into uh every card every weekend but uh it was fun it was a fun show you, by the way if you guys haven't caught spitting back click i mean watch it live uh nato moicano was in the chat today having fun with everyone so uh you never know who's gonna pop on this is true noon eastern 9 a.m pacific live for that show and of course here mondays and thursdays we still do the mma junkie radio show thank you for all your support over the years and by the way, the spinning back click is also a podcast in podcast form, and it gets released on Tuesdays here at Omni or at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. 
Folks, we're going to get on out of here. You'll see the reminders throughout the week for the watch along on Saturday, so don't forget about that. Go out and be a champion. Until next time, see ya.